When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Last Stand Podcast. And here's your host, Brian Custer. That's right. Welcome to the Last Stand, where we bring you the unfiltered, straight talk from some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment. And today's guest, well, he is a mixture of both. He is a rapper, an actor, producer, author, entrepreneur, quite frankly, he is one of hip hop's goats. He's none other than LL Cool J. LL, welcome to The Last Stand. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Brian. I appreciate it, man. Much love, glad to be here. It's great to have you on. And, and listen, let's get right to you because in this, this climate of COVID where even the president and the first lady can come down with it, what has life been like for you these days? Well, I mean, look, you know, let, let's, let's call it straight, right? Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not Bill Gates, but I live, I live a better life than a lot of people. So it's been fine for me. My bubble isn't that bad. Um, obviously anybody can catch it, but you know, I just think about the, you know, the people that are living in the projects. I think about people that are living like, you know, even in my neighborhood in Queens, like, you know, recently they had a renaming ceremony for, for, for Reverend Flake and they, they changed Merrick Boulevard to Floyd H. Flake Boulevard. And it's like, I just see all the people out there and it just makes me you know, concerned. They had masks on and everything, but it just makes me concerned for just everyday people that, you know, people on the front lines, you know, people that have to get out there, they have to do certain things. They gotta, you know, pack those groceries or they gotta come in contact those EMTs that have to. So, you know, it's been fine for me, man. Like, I'm, I'm very grateful. You know what I'm saying? I don't, you know, I don't feel invincible by no means, but, um, you know, I just think we all just gotta, you know, move wisely in, the, in, this, in this time period. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, you know, listen, this country seems like it's been embroiled in social unrest uh, because of a lot of things from the leadership at top with the president. You know, the Black Lives Matter movement has certainly yeah. moved to the forefront. And, you know, hip hop has always been uh, right there uh, in an important role with it. Go back to Public Enemy. You can go back to Ice Cube, NWA. What do you think, what do you believe is hip hop's role uh, in the movement now? I think, I think we got to keep telling the truth. And uh, we got to keep, you know, representing the people and, and, and keep speaking that truth to, to power and that truth to indifference, you know, because, you know, speaking truth to power is not necessarily the only answer. You also have to get, you have to um, get, get, you got to convert indifference. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of indifference out there. You know, a lot of people just can't relate to the idea of racism because it just ain't in there. It just they've never experienced it and it just doesn't seem like a realistic thing. I guess it's kind of like, you know, like the way guys aren't afraid to like walk in dark parking lots at night. Like I've never felt uncomfortable in that. You know what I'm saying? But you know, a woman may feel differently about that. Right. So, you know, like I think that hip hop's place in this whole situation is on everybody's place as human beings is to come from a true place. Um, you know, for me, I, I, I've been, you know, my thinking is don't demonize any particular group of people. Um, like it's not about 
all white people or all this group being bad. It's about the right side of history and the wrong side of history. And you got some people that are just literally on the wrong side of history. And it's, it's ideological warfare. It's like, you know, the Confederacy and the Union all over again. It's like reconstruction or deconstruction, depending on how you want to look at it. And, you know, I think that hip hop's place in all of that is to speak the truth. That's why I did the freestyle, the Black Lives Matter freestyle. That's why I've done the things that, I, that's why I've been speaking, speaking out about, you know, things that are going on. But I think the, the, the key in this whole thing, though, is to, you know, to truly judge people by the content of their character, for real, and not just say, you're black or you're white, and that means, so therefore you represent X. You know what I'm saying? I think, you know, that's the key, you know, to me. You hit right on uh, my next question because you did drop that freestyle uh, this summer, and that thing just exploded. I mean, it went viral. And was it the death of George Floyd? Was it Breonna Taylor? Uh, was it Jacob Blake? Was it one incident where you just said, okay, enough is enough that made you want to drop it? Well, I think it's kind of like, um, you know, you know, you fill up a glass long enough, it's going to overflow, right? It's like you leave your tub running if you have a tub. You know, if, if you, some people got tubs in the house, some just showers. But if you have a tub, you leave it running or a sink and it's stopped up. You leave it running. At a certain point, it's going to overflow. That was, that was what it was. It was just, you know, it's just absolute wrong. You know, absolute evil that we're talking about. And, you know, I just feel like what we're talking about, we have the moral high ground. Like there's no, there's no, um, ambiguity in what happened to George Floyd. There's no ambiguity in this, in this situation. You have people that like to pretend and flip it on its head for their own purposes and spin it into something else. But, you know, the spin is about power. The spin is not about reality. When the people are doing the spinning, that's about power, maintaining a certain status quo, you know, a certain structure and et cetera. That, ha that has nothing to do with reality. Rea well, it has nothing to do with the truth. You know what I'm saying? The truth is that, you know, um, America would be a lot better off as a country if the people, all the people collectively could work together. You know what I'm saying? As a team, you know, as citizens of a nation and not, um, you know, but when you have a, a, a small group of people who just want to like, you know, they want to get the best sandbox and then they only want to be allowed in it. It's like, okay, so everybody else got to stand outside the playground with their, with their, with their faces on the gate. That's not, that's just not just, you know what I'm saying? And this idea that, you know, like somehow like, like how are you going to be mad at me because your ancestors were unable to keep my ancestors in slavery. And so that hatred and that, resentment has been passed down because you feel your way of life was disrupted by my ancestors because they took up arms in the north and helped to free free themselves and liberate themselves along with the union like it's 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 absurd you can't have free labor get over it yeah you know what I'm saying? And this idea of like putting people in prison to make them slaves and all it's just I just think it's just it is a lot of, and this is not everybody, remember, this is a certain group, this is not everyone, but there's a certain group who really see it that way. And you know, um, I just think, man, I just think people just, we just, it's just very important that we become more self-aware 
And uh, it's very important that we, you know, we know more about our own history, we know more about ourselves, and at the same time, um, learn more about each other. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of little little things that, um, that you know, there's a lot of fear, that, that uh, unnecessary fear that's, that's circulating throughout, you know, the American uh, society. Yeah, you know? you're right. You're right. And, and, and listen, there's all of a sudden now been this really big push uh, to get people out to vote. Uh, I know you, you've been out there, uh, been out there pushing that, getting people to, to vote. But, you know, there have been a lot of influential black folk who have come out and said, listen, we want Trump out of the White House, but yet don't automatically give your vote to Joe Biden and the Democratic Party. What mm -hmm. have they specifically said that they're going to do for mm -hmm. black folks? So let's not automatically give them the vote. Ice Cube was one of them who came out uh, and said that. So what's your view on this? Because I'm like, yeah, I want people to vote, but I don't, I, I, I kind of question when people say, well, don't automatically give your vote to Joe Biden and the Democrats. I'm like, well, who are you going to vote for? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, they don't have to be mutually exclusive, right? Um, you know, it, the reality is you do need to vote, but, but, but in reality, all bets are off until you vote. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it, it, okay, we can play chicken. I mean, we, you know, you, you know, I mean, the, 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 it, the they, people could, one, the Democratic Party could choose to treat blacks like they have them in check, you know, on a chessboard. That probably wouldn't end well. It's, it, it's, you know what I mean? Because life isn't like chess, because chess has a lot of rules. And in life, people do what they want. You know, kings move five spaces, you know, queens leap off the board, horses just stay on the ground and never jump. You know, so you can't really play chess in this position. I don't, I don't, like, I understand what Cube is saying and I understand his concerns for real. Like, you know, that's my man and I understand his concerns. And I think that there's value and validity in the idea of, 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 getting, of, of saying to people, hey, how are you going to address some of the concerns in our community? You know, I think there's validity in that. Um, I don't, but I, at the same time, you know, I, I, I don't think that we should be taken for granted either, right? Like, it's a prime example. It's like sports, right? I want to play for you, and, and right? I'm, I'm, I'm an athlete. I want to play for your team. And, you know, all signs are pointing towards me playing for your team. Well, you still got to do a good deal, all right? Like, you know, like we still got to do a good deal. Even though we both know that we want to play together, we got to do a good deal because it could go left. Right. And you don't want that, right? So I think that what he's saying basically is, hey, you know, don't take us for granted. You know, you know let's, let's, let's be smart and intelligent about how we approach the, the fact that, you know, we're probably going to vote in that direction. But still, what's what? Like, we got to talk. So I don't, I don't really think they're mutually exclusive. I think that people um, are probably a little more fearful than they need to be. Um, I think that, you know, you, you know when, when voting day comes, you'll be able to get in there and vote. So, but until then, let's, let's have a conversation about what it's going to be, right? You know, because, look, I, I mean, history has proven that parties 
switch back and forth and back and forth and their policies and platforms change back and forth and back and forth. One, one, one party that meant one thing a hundred years ago means another thing today. And one that meant one, one that meant one thing 300, 200 years ago means another thing 50 years from then. And so we can't just let be taken for granted. Like me, I'm an independent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm an independent. I'm gonna vote for who I want to vote for. You know what I'm saying? But I also vote with my people in mind. And when I say my people, I'm talking about people on the right side of history. It's not about only black or white. It's about who's on the right side of history. You could be black, white, Latino, Asian, Indian, or, or, or original American, you know, Native American. You can be Indian from India. You, you know what I mean? It's not about that with me only. I, I love my people. I'm a black man, but I believe in what's going to be the greatest amount of good for the greatest amount of people. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. There it is. Great point. Uh, let's talk about uh, you. Let's talk about your music. Yeah. First question. How does James Todd Smith come up with Ladies Love Cool James? I mean, wishful thinking. <laughs> <laughs> You're 16 years old. Like, damn, I want the ladies to love me. I'm going to name myself that shit. You know what I mean? Hey, that's wishful thinking. Be like, just you know, name it and claim it. You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know that type of thing. You know, I just wanted to. You know, I was just trying to. You know, just wanted to be the man. That's all. You know, and you know, you're a little kid in Queens. I'm in the hood. You know, and it just, you know, you know. That is- that is brilliant. I mean, did you have like, did you have like five names and then this one stood out? Started, no, no, I had many names growing up. Like, okay. I was, I was, um, <laughs> I was, I was MC Deluxe at one point, which is hilarious. And then I was Jay Ski, but I felt like everybody's last name was Ski. And then, then, you know, in between there, I was Lord Supreme for a minute, but then ultimately, I, I changed my name to Cool J, and I went through every rhyme book and changed it to Cool J. And then one day, you know what I'm saying, I tacked on the ladies love, you know what I'm saying, to the Cool J. And then when I got with Rick Rubin, when I got with Def Jam, it was like, just make it LL so it could fit on the label and we can, you know what I'm saying, just make it LL. You know I love I mean? it. I love it. Okay, so you brought that up. So I think it's 84. Yeah. Uh, you become the first artist basically signed to this record label that's struggling that yeah. we all know now that's Def Jam. Well, it uh, wasn't even struggling. It was no label, right? Like it was yeah. just, it was a production company. Tila Rock had put, um, Rick Rubin had produced a song by Tila Rock called It's Yours. It's Yours was on the Party Time record label. It was Def Jam Productions. Um, and they could, they were having the damnedest time getting their money from Party Time. You know what I mean? So when I came around, Ad Rock from the Beastie Boys heard my, my, my demo. He gave it to Rick. They liked it. And, you know, one thing led to another. And uh, I was actually the first artist on the label. And then I put the first album out on the label. And I was, wow. so I was like the flagship artist. And, you know, it went from there. Uh, what, was the, what, were those, what were those days like for you? Because here's the thing I liked about you. First of all, in those days, Rappers had to be hard. You had to be hardcore. And yet here you go, you know, you nice caramel brown type brother, licking them lips. You know, <laughs> you was into lifting and good looking type dude. And yet 
everyone wanted their rappers to be hardcore. This, what were those days like for you in the early I mean, days of LA? You know what? I just, you know, I just straight up, I just always had the courage to be myself, man. Like, like I've always been myself. So if I want to make a hard record like I'm bad or rock the bells, I do that. If I want to make a, a, a romantic record like I Need Love or A Roundaway Girl, I do that. Like, I've just always not been afraid. I've never been afraid to just do what I wanted artistically. And, you know, sometimes it gets you in trouble, you know, because there's a certain, there was, there's a certain macho code that comes with hip hop. And, but, you know, I always accepted those challenges, um, you know, on the battle side, you know what I'm saying? But when it came to my music and what I, I made, what I wanted to make, it's kind of like sports, right? Sports, the difference between sports and hip hop, one of the most interesting parts is that hip hop, music and arts and entertainment is very subjective. Right? So even, even how they score it is subjective. Like, you can, you can get a bunch of Grammys or no Grammys. All of that is subjective. It's all votes. It's like the all-star votes. Right? Like, we know LeBron is amazing, but it's the all-star votes. Nothing wrong with Giannis. We love him, too. But I'm just saying it's, it's, it's subjective. So what happens is, you know, the way things work, you kind of like, if you choose to not follow the rules, it's, it's just a different game for you. You know what I'm saying? It's like I, the best metaphor would be you go behind a curtain and you make noises like you dunked and then you come back out and that people either believe you dunked or they don't. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, that's how hip hop is. So when I make, you know, so, you know, if, if it was sports and it was I need love, but I was still, you know, 46 and all and people get knocked out, they can't say nothing, right? But in hip hop, they can... You know, you know what I mean? It's like your record is subjective in hip hop. It's a little different. Even though you can get critiqued in sports and criticized in sports, your record, it's just a little different in that regard. You know what I'm saying? The win-loss column is a little different. Did you, did you take that? How did that criticism, even though you were putting out bangers? Yeah, yeah, how, yeah. How did, how did you take that criticism? Oh, it just makes me want to just, it just motivates me to do more. I take, I take all that, honestly, I take all that shit personal. And I just, it just motivates me to want to be better. You know, to this day. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, I notice everything. You know, these guys, they talking slick and saying little things. I notice all that. You know what I'm saying? All of it. Do you, do you believe? And, 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 you know, some people may think I'm reaching. But, you know, you put out a record like I Need Love. Do you, do you consider yourself almost like a pioneer for guys like, let's say, Drake, who now make hip-hop and singing, they blend the two. I mean, you, you were like the original. Well, I, I mean, look, I, look, obviously, you know, we all stand on the shoulders of those who came before us, right? I stand on the shoulders of people who came before me. Artists now stand on the sh my shoulders. I mean, it just is what it is, right? So it's not reaching at all. The, the thing is, I can't take credit for all the hip-hop, but I know that, you know, if you remove me from the scenario, it would be a big dent. That I can tell you. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you remove me from hip-hop, it would definitely be a big hole. You yeah, know what oh, absolutely. There may be some bigger holes out there, but this would be a big one. So, <laughs> you know, I'm not, look, I don't, I don't trip. I'm just staying inspired. Um, you, like, when, you know, look, I think it was Charles Brinkley who said, when they throw bricks at you, build a foundation. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> that's what we do. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, 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 almost, I almost find it hard to believe, Al, is that, uh, I think it was last month, you celebrated the 30-year anniversary 
Yeah, yeah. Mama said, knock you out. Mama said, um, I mean, to me, especially for me and being at Hampton University, that was like our go-to album. Every yeah. morning we had that album on. Yeah, that was, um, that was from, bo- from booming system, everybody driving around the yard, rolling down with their, their cars and having it. That, that, exactly, exactly. And we would all say, look, I'm fronting. I don't care if you know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, it's an amazing feeling, man. So tell me about, first of all, tell me about the song Mama Said Knock You Out. How'd that come about in the yeah. entire album? Well, the song came about because, you know, I, I was coming off the album Walking With a Panther. You know, um, I had done a remix for, for Jingling Baby, which was doing well, but the Walking With a Panther album kind of was critically panned because, you know, people felt like, you know, me having the diamonds and the champagne and the models on the cover and all that, that was before people saw that. Like, that was before people were doing that in hip-hop, right? So, right. So I was doing something that people hadn't seen, and it, and it was also at the height of, like, you know, P.E. and X-Clan and, like, you know, and I was over here just, like, on, on a hustler vibe, like, <laughs> champagne floating, and they was just like, yo, this dude don't care about nobody, right? But it wasn't that. I was just celebrating the fact that we had achieved the level. And so, you know, Mama Sinakiwa came out of that and that frustration that people didn't receive the last album, the prior album, well. So when my, um, you know, my grandmother I was talking to her, she said, yeah, well, just get out there and knock them out, because I was kind of commiserating with her. And then, you know, just went, you know, we was in there, just, you know, just went in. My man, you know, had put the floppy disk, Bobcat put the floppy disk in the SP-12, and I'm just running around the, running around the, um, the condo, just like, oh, cool, little co-. you know what I mean? Just went crazy and just, um, the rest is history, you know, and it um it's grown over the years. You know what I'm saying? The song has grown in popularity and grown in reach over the years because early on, like the, the radio stations didn't play that record like that. You know what I'm saying? MTV played a little bit, but not so much. You know what I'm saying? And um it really it got really it, it didn't it got treated like a like a black record, you know what I'm saying? Like and it got treated like black music. It never went pop. It never, you know, it didn't play on mainstream stations, none of that. Now, all of a sudden, you know, you know, because the gatekeepers, we've been able to end around the gatekeepers, it's kind of, its popularity has grown. You know what I'm saying? And I'm real thankful for that. I'm glad, you know, the cream rises, right? So that's a good one. The album in general was me and Molly. You know what I'm saying? Molly would have the incense burning. And, you know, the weed smoke was in the air, the incense, we in there, you know what I'm saying? We ride and we go down to 7-Eleven, get us some, get us some bottles of James wine coolers, go back to the, go back to the studio. You know what I'm saying? I'm digging through the crates. Yo, flip the sample. We going through stuff. It was just a good time. We just had a good time. Great album. And so when you, when you do this album and mama said, knock you out, uh, you obviously had that kind of boxing theme to it too, because 100%. you had the robe and the mic and this and that. Were, were you into boxing at that time? Oh. Listen, I, I, you know, if you go back, you know, like my second album cover, 1987, you look at Big and Def, I'm on the back hitting a heavy bat. Like, yes. I've always loved boxing. I've always been a fan of boxing. Um, you know, um, you know, came to find out years later, you know, my, um, cut, um, my uncle was, you know, John Henry Lewis. He was the first light heavyweight African-American boxer wow. um, in, in America. You know what I'm saying? Um, my, you know, my, my, um, my grandfather, Nathaniel Christie, was a boxer. You know what I'm saying? All of my uncles was boxing was boxes and you know I didn't find that out till later but you know through through um Skip Gates you know at Harvard and so you know when he did my DNA and all that so you know and they all from Oak well they all they were in 
um, Ohio and Arizona, and then they ended up in Oakland. But they, um, I love boxing. It just came natural. It was always, you know, important to me. It was always like, you know, that's my favorite sport. Like, everybody mm. knows that. You know what I'm saying? Boxing is my favorite sport. You know, uh, and, then, and then after boxing, it would be combat sports, right? Okay. But it goes boxing first. You know what I mean? So, so when it comes to the sport of boxing, do you have favorite fighters? Like, right now, who, who are LL's favorite fighters when, you, when they're on you? Like, oh, I got to watch these guys. Well, man, I'm, I watch everybody. I watch everybody. But in terms of favorites right now, I mean, you know, you know, Devin Haney is exciting. Javante is exciting. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing what Shakur is going to do. Um, you know, I, you know, the heavyweights is crazy out right now with, with Joshua and Fury and Wilder. Love Deontay. You know what I'm saying? Um, would love to see him, you know, kind of right that wrong, see what happened with that. Um, you know, which would be tough, obviously, because Fury is no joke. Um, I, I think, um, man, there's so many boxes I love, man. So many. I mean, Mikey Garcia, you know, to, to all of them. I mean, you know, yeah. I, and they're my friends too. Birdo, like, there's so many of them, you know what I'm saying, that I love. You know what I'm saying? Like, we did a whole, you know, thing about Mamas to Knock You Out. If you go to rockthebells.com, you know, and we celebrated the 30th anniversary and had all of the, you know, the, 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 the boxes come in, you know, Abner, like all of them, you know that, and they just yes. came in. And um, so it's, um, you know, boxing is just a very special sport to me. Um, it's always been exciting to me, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's always just been one of those things like, you know, I guess like you see the NWA with the Raiders caps and all that, you see, you see yes. with the Lakers stuff on, well, I'm like boxing, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's my thing. You know, Floyd, love Floyd, you know what I'm saying? I think, you know, I think he's super talented and I love, you know, and it goes back, right? I'm talking about back to Jack Johnson, back to, you know, all the way back from Jack Johnson on up, you know what I'm saying? I mean, and even before that, you know, to, you know, to my great, 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 great grandfather, Thomas Molino, you know what I mean? And to, you know, and, and fighting Thomas Cribb and all of that. And just, you know, boxing is, come on. You know, boxing, so how does it make you feel when you see these championship fights and these big time fights and these guys are walking to the ring and they're walking to the ring to mama said, knock you out. How does that make you feel? I love it, man. I love it. But, you know, I got to be honest with you. It doesn't matter. Like, it's less important to me what a dude walks out to and more important to me if it really, if I see it in their eyes that that's what they really feeling. Like, I loved when Mike Tyson walked out to Terradome by PE. I thought that was a great moment. You know what I mean? Like, I just like to see the sincerity. You know, if they're dancers, you know what I'm saying? If they're, you know, more on the dancer side, like Roy and like, like, like Prince Nassim, and if they're, you know, crazy like Camacho or Fury, or if they're, you know, stark, like, you know, like Mike, and like, you know, some of the dudes that walk out a little bit more focused, you know what I'm saying? And I tell you, like, you know, you look at Crawford, you look at Errol Spence, I mean, obviously that's an interesting situation there. Um, you know, I just, I just, you know, it just always feels good to see these warriors go all out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just like to see warriors go all out, man, and be smart, too. Yes. Smart. Yeah, listen, I, I think we're all waiting for that day for one of those huge, big-time fights, and then they bring you, – you are the guy walking them out, singing Mama Said Knock You Out. I think that, I think that arena would just go bonkers. Uh, that, that, we got to work on that one. I got to start talking to some of these guys about that. So they got to – you know, once we get past this COVID thing – they yeah. got to bring you out. That would be crazy. 
uh, let's talk about music now. What do you? What does LL Cool J think about the state of hip hop now? What do you? Do you like the music now? Yeah, I like a lot of the music. You know, I like a lot of the music. Um, uh, there's a lot of lot of lot of artists are doing a lot of interesting things. Like that that little baby song. I think it's called the Moment of Truth. I might have messed the title up a little. But you saw my um, you know, the protests and whatever. Yeah. That's great. I think the baby is super talented. Um. You know, I like a lot of the music out there. There's a lot of great artists. I think, you know, you got Royce 5'9", you know, great lyricist. You got Lupe, you know, great lyricist. You got um, Yellow Pain, who did that record about voting, which I thought, you know, Young Kid, which was super slick. Um, you know, like, I, I don't have, I've never been one to not um, embrace was the newness. You know what I'm saying? But I also at the same time believe that there's room for classic and timeless hip hop too, right? Mm -hmm. So I have Rock the Bell's radio on Sirius mm -hmm. XM, channel 43, and it's dedicated to classic and timeless hip hop so that people don't forget the roots of the culture and can actually learn about the culture and enjoy it in a way that's cool, in a way that's not bitter, and in a way that's presented to them so that they can really enjoy themselves. So if you go to, you know, download the app and you listen to Rock the Bells radio and then you go to rockthebells.com and you can see like all of the clothes we have and the Jordans and the sneakers and the, you know, the books. We got books on there. Like if you like hustling, if you about making your dreams come true, we got like, I mean, rockthebells.com is dope and it's all curated for people who love classic hip hop. But at the same time, people who aren't as familiar with the core, hardcore center of it, still can like vibe to it and, and rock with it. You know what I'm saying? So, so I'm, yeah, we, we always, I always embrace what's going on. I always pay attention. Like my new album right now that I'm working on, you know, me and Q-Tip is working on an album and um, it's really, it's very innovative. You know what I'm saying? And I think, you know, um, it's gonna be really fun for my day one fans. You know what I'm saying? And it's gonna be really fun for people who, you know, wonder what a classic artist can do now. You know what I'm saying? Um, especially because there's been such a time, such so much time has gone by since I've been in, I've done music that it's gonna be interesting to like present this to people. I think they're gonna be um, um, amused, you know what I'm saying? A surprised in a, in a dip, because it's hard to envision it because you don't, all you can think about is where I came from, but you can't right. see where I'm going. Cool. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like a new model of the car. It's and like a new car. And you know when we going when we gonna get it? I'm working on it. I'm working okay. on it. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm working on it. Oh yeah, but I'm deep in it though. It's, okay. I'm really working on it. Like I'm a, and you see, like it's gonna be fun. Like, like, like it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna move, it's gonna move some things. Like people go, <laughs> it's gonna be funny, man. We talking some shit too. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> um, talk. You you obviously you you won uh, a couple of Grammys. What, by the way, what did you think about Kanye? Did you see Kanye urinating on, on the Grammys? Yeah, what did you think yeah, about I that? Said that? I said that the other day. Somebody had just asked me off the cuff. And, you know, like, you know, I just, like me, because I hosted the Grammys, you know, for five years, and I, you know, I co-produced like 10 Grammy specials. It's like, they're not perfect and everything, but it's like, come on, dog. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, they're definitely not perfect in any way. But I just didn't really appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I made the comment I made. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't get it. You know what I mean? It's just like, 
You know, <laughs> you know, like, you know should, I, should I piss on a teddy bear? Like, you know, like, what are we doing? Like, you know, come on, be like, why are you doing that? Like, just stop it, man. <laughs> you know I mean? So I, that's why I made the comment, but it's it's all love, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's just like, come on, be like, I hosted them Grammys for five years, like, you know, you know, good or bad, right or wrong, like it is what it is, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So, you know, come on, man. Like, well, I, I always wanted to ask you this because I, when I, I heard and I read the statement, I was like, oh, I, I wonder why he came like that. I remember when Jay-Z did, a, um, he did this interview with Rolling Stone mm -hmm. and, and he, he mentioned you specifically. He said, you know, we've seen people like LL, uh, legends uh, that we respect, uh, the heritage and what he's done. But it's not like right now he's competing on the same level as Lil Wayne. So for me, to still be able to compete at that level at my age, uh, it's rarefied air. It's never been done. End quote. Okay. How did you How did you take that when you when you heard that Jay Z made that comment recently to Rolling Stone? Well, I, I think um, I guess I just got to drop another album, huh? I guess you know. I guess <laughs> I, you know. It is what it is, right? I mean, like if you don't have an album in the marketplace that's competing, I guess he's right. You know. Um, but the fact that the fact that, you know, you're the, like, the example, that tells you a lot, right? Mm -hmm. That tells you you're a pillar. When people have to use, yeah, you have the guys like. Like, that's, that right there is an admission of, great, of, of, of greatness, right? Like, you know, like, you know who to use as your example, right? So what do that tell you? <laughs> you, know what like, you know what I mean? Like... You know, you have the Obamas, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the LLs, you have the Michael Jordans and the LeBrons, you know? Shit, you know, Michael Jordan ain't competing right now. What do that mean? Right. You know I mean? Like, I don't know what that means. Like, you know, it, it is what it is, right? Like, Michael Jordan ain't competing right now. It doesn't take away from his greatness. So what? Yeah. What? what, what? Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Great point. Great point. Uh, I remember too when I was a sports anchor in Dallas, and I remember and it was in the '90s. You guys shot any given Sunday at Texas Stadium. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that. I remember yeah, that yeah. those days, yeah, yeah. dude. And obviously, there's a huge. I remember there was that big story that came out that you guys yeah. that, that scene with you and Jamie Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it, it wasn't really. I guess the question is. Was it really true that you knocked him out? Like, knocked him out? Because the story was you knocked him out cold. First of all, let me qualify it. You know, every guy that you've named, yeah. I got love for him all. Okay, yeah. let's just be clear about that. Like, it's right. all love, and it's all just um, friendly competition, right? Like, right. I have no beef with nobody, like, as a human being. Like, I'm not going to – if I see a guy, you know, if he's thirsty, I'll give him a bottle of Perrier, all right? Like, it's not a problem. Right. So, let me just say that. Yeah. But um, in terms of, you know, Jamie, yeah, you know – you know, Jamie just, you know, you know, he didn't like my method acting and decided that, you know, he could punch me in my face. And, you know, I disagree. And that, just, you know, I'm just going to leave it there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just totally disagree. <laughs> What's the word? Vehemently? vehemently? How do you ask you? I vehemently disagreed. I vehemently or whatever that shit is. Whatever that word is right there. Vehemently or whatever. I vehemently disagreed. That's some shit. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, it's all good, man. You know? Blame it on alcohol, man. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Love for Jamie, man. We had fun. We had fun making that movie. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, it's 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 all been a nice journey for me. Like, you know, whether it's you know guys, you know, talking about me in the media, whether it's me making comments, because at the end of the day, it's just friendly competition. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And, um, you know, it is what it is, B. Uh, uh, here's, my, here's my question to you. Why did I have never have seen like a LL lip balm or like a LL chapstick line, bro? As, know, much, because as much as you pump you gave them? You know, the real reason is I just was a little kid and wasn't that savvy. I just wasn't that savvy. Like, I, I, you know, I don't know. I just lick my lips when I'm a little anxious or something and wasn't really pursuing that like that. You know, and then the flip side of it is, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's be honest, man. Like, you know, you know I, I used the product, but it wasn't like they was looking for a black man to throw, you know, to throw some lip balm on. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, let's be real, right? Like, this has happened many, many times, right? Like, underwear. Like, there's a million endorsements that you could look at LL Cool J. All I want you right. to do right now is just, like, to just give you a, a glimpse. And this is not from a space of bitterness at all like it's all love and i'm very grateful but just to kind of put things in a little imagine if ll cool j was a white boy yeah okay yeah. i rest my case yeah i mean my, hey what's it do what's so, old boy marky mark he had underwear line all kinds of stuff i mean you were you were the you were our guy i mean you were ripped you were all in from jogging suits to kangles the chapstick the, the whole yeah. thing all love all love but you know it just it just happened so but look at the end of the day here's the thing you have to you know our ancestors dealt with way more than an ll could ever think of complaining about all right you know i'm complaining about what an endorsement my ancestors couldn't sit in restaurants yeah and then before that like they couldn't like walk down the street without being called you know um, uh, uh, what is it? Vagrant laws, vagrants, you know, what's that word? You know, like, 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 you know, they couldn't stand around. They had to like sign a piece of paper and say they work for somebody or they couldn't All right. stand around. Right. Yeah, you know for they get arrested for loitering. Yeah, loitering, vagrancy laws and all mm -hmm. of that. So yeah. I can't complain but so much, you know, as a, as a black man in America. I know I've done well, but what I would say is to people is that don't look at me as the rule, understand that I'm the exception. Mm. Because there's a lot of people and there's a lot of a lot of people that are hurting, a lot of people that are going through it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people are dealing with a lot. So I can't beef with so much, man. Like, yeah, there was a few, probably a couple of, you know, low some low hanging fruit that I didn't grab, you know, along the way, but I did okay. You know what I mean? I did okay. Certainly did. Uh, I, I think a, a number of member of your family who's certainly been uh, an inspiration is your wife. So yeah. I wanted to kind of talk about Simone because in 2004, she gets diagnosed with bone cancer. Yeah, yeah. How, how did that affect you, obviously, personally? How did it affect the family? Oh, man, it's just like one of those things where, you know, it was, it was, it was, luckily, it was in one specific point on her tibia, and it had negative edges, so they were able to go in and get it. This great doctor, um, Dr. Athanasian. But, um, man, I tell you, um, you know, it's scary. You know, you just... You know, you have a young woman, you know, who's, you know, in the prime of her life. And, you know, all of a sudden she finds out this devastating news and it changes everything. These are these are things you have to think about, you know. So it taught me not to take things for granted. Um, 
it, you know, it taught me how to, you know, to prioritize. It was a, it was funny too. You know, a lot of things happened. Like that was the time when I dropped the album Definition um, and with the song Headsprung. But then people, if you'll notice, the album kind of totally went away after that. And it was because I didn't promote it because I was in the hospital just staying there every day, right? So I, when, that prom when that project came out, I did zero promotion for it, you know what I mean? And it really, it really hurt that project and a lot of things I, musically, it just changed the trajectory of things for me. But I felt like it was important for me to, you know, to just be there and be solid, you know what I'm saying? And just be solid and God is great and I just wanted to be solid. So, you know, she, you know, she's always, you know, been solid and I just wanted to be solid in that moment. And uh, you have to believe in God, believe in the power of healing, have faith. And, uh, you know, I'm just grateful that she was able to overcome it. And then she started, you know, Simone Smith jewelry. And yes. you know, a portion of all the proceeds go to the American Cancer Society, um, which was like a beautiful thing that came out of that, that pain. She was like, I want to do earrings. So I'm like, you know, I'm like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> now we make a jewelry. It's one thing to yo, I'm taking to Jamaica Avenue to get some earrings. Now I'm making jewelry. Like it's a little different. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> little different. You know what I'm saying? But so we <laughs> we made jewelry and uh I'm just happy, you know, her business is doing well and we're able to donate to the American Cancer Society and and and, and work towards a cure. And yo, God is great, man. You know what yeah. I mean? That's fantastic. You want to talk about an inspiration? Uh, a survivor, but then to take that and to just start a successful jewelry line, that's yeah. amazing. Uh, that, that's, that's, that's why amazing. when people, the, the support that people give it, you know, you see a lot of the, you know, the actresses, um, you know, like, you, you know, you see Mary in, in the new Power Book, you know, shout out to 50, I'm excited about what he's doing in TV, you know, you see Mary on there rocking, you know, you know, different people, it's like, it's an amazing thing, you know what I'm saying, to just see the support that she gets. So I'm just grateful that, you know, that people are embracing it the way they are. Um, and it's great. Yeah. You talked about this too, but you know, a couple of years ago, you know, you start Rock the Bells radio there on Sirius XM. And, and as you talk about, it's for classic hip hop. What, 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 uh, what was it a day you were just sitting around and you just, you were listening saying, yo, I think we need a channel for classic hip hop or something that's for the culture. How did that come about? Well, they, they had a channel. They had um, Backspin Radio, but I just felt like it, was, it could be better. I just felt like I could do it better. And so I, you know, I worked on it. I, I called Scott Greenstein for five years. You know, we, 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 we kind of flirted and talked about the idea and went back and forth. And I finally, you know, got him to like, to, you know, to, to give me the channel. And when I got that channel, I, um, you know, I stripped it all the way down. You know what I'm saying? I took out everything. You know, I had people on Twitter. Eyes oh, running it. He's got to tear it apart. I had this coach. I forget what the coach's name, though. He's funny. I know he's going to see this interview. He's like, oh, you don't, you don't mess with Michael Jordan. Like, he was trying to tell me everything I was doing wrong. But they didn't realize what I was doing was I just wanted to strip it all the way down and really build it from the ground up. And I think that we, we built it to a place now. And it's always going to be a work in progress. But we had a place now where people can really you can tune into Rock the Bells Radio and really get a, 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 a full picture of what classic and timeless hip hop is like. And now, you know, we have, you know, and this will be good news, we have three more channels that we're gonna be launching online. 
Wow. So, um, yeah, I got three more channels online that I'm launching as well. So there'll be other things that I'll be doing in the music space. Um, we have some great on-air personalities that are about to come out that we'll be launching with soon that people will be hearing about that's going to be really exciting. And so I think, I think Rock the Bells um, is, is a really important thing for the culture. Um, and, you know, it just means a lot to me. So I'm, I'm really passionate about it. And, uh, you know, it's not only science. There's art there. You know what I'm saying? And it's a combination. But I'm really I'm focused on it. You know what I'm saying? It's what I do. Hip hop. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, you, you know, I talked about you're also as well as an entrepreneur. Uh, you invested. You're one of the first investors in the big three. Yeah. Uh, and with yeah. Ice Cube and, and, and that three on three professional league. Tell me why. What, what was it about you say, OK, I want to get on this on, on the ground floor? I think, look, I think Cube is a genius. I think Cube is real smart. He's somebody I have a lot of respect for. And when I saw the idea, it just, you know, intuitively, I just felt like it was right to me. It just felt like it would work and, it, and it's gonna work. It'll be fine. I think, you know, once we get past COVID and everything, the league will be back up and running. It's gonna be back, you know what I'm saying? Um, me and Cube talk, um, me and Jeff Quatnitz talk, um, you know, the league is gonna be fine. And I just felt like it was a great idea it was a timely idea, and it extends the careers of these ball players. We want to see them keep playing. Like, like I want to see these guys playing. Okay, okay, you're in your 40s, or you're maybe in your early 50s, whatever. And maybe you don't you don't want to do 48 minutes and run up. What is it, 72 feet? You don't want to yeah, run 48 right. minutes, you know. But look, we're gonna do this half court thing, and we, we could get to see them professional skills at a high level. And uh, I just thought it was a brilliant idea. And I want. And when he called me. And he was like, yo, you want to you want to throw some, you know, throw something in? I was like, absolutely. So, you know, we figured it out and I threw something in and, and I tried to be as supportive as I can. But, you know, I really, for me, the big three is not really like, like just about, the, the money part is about me supporting my brother when he's trying to build a business. That's what the money thing, the money thing was like, I'm like, yo, I respect this guy. I believe in this guy. This guy is solid. I'm going, I'm going to invest in him in, in, and help try to help him, you know, do his dream because it's his dream, right? But the, for me, the the support was like, you know, basketball. Once we get past combat sports, right? That basketball thing is, you know, that's hard of hearts too because you know I'm a sports fan, so I'm there. I'm seeing everybody I love. I'm, the game is crazy. I just loved it, I, and I still do. So I can't wait till they come back. Big three comes back bigger and stronger than ever. Fantastic. Um, you know, one of the things that has been really popular and that all of our, our, it seems like the culture has embraced is these versus battles. Yeah, yeah. You love these versus battles. Yeah. They become really popular. So yeah. my question to you, who would have the catalog that could battle LL Cool J? You know, I don't know because, you know, my music is very diversified. And, you know, it's kind of like I have a diversified portfolio of music and some people are a little more focused. So I don't know if any of them are a really good match because I do, I do a lot of different things. And, you know, so if a dude's just doing, you know, all street records, right? Like, I, I don't see that being a good balance. Um, so it would have to be somebody who can kind of, you know, pick 20 records that is a wide selection so that we can have all the fans enjoy themselves. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man. You know what I mean? I don't know, but you know, if you know, if, you know, if, if versus want to rock the bells, they just gotta, you know, pick a, you know, the right person, and we can get it in. You know what I mean? You know, Swiss knows I love him. You know, I love Swiss. 
That's my brother. I love him. You know what I'm saying? But it just got to be the right person. Got to be the right person. Uh, LL, a number of people who watch uh, the show, we allow them to submit questions through social media, and they, right. they came raining in for you. So we're going to get to a couple of these questions. Uh, this first one uh, comes from Vladimir from Facebook. He says, what do you remember from the beef with cannabis? <laughs> I remember winning. <laughs> That's a great That's what I, remember. I remember winning like a month. <laughs> um, um, uh, you know, look, you know, I have fun with, I have fun with the cannabis thing. I know, you know, that's one of, I got, that's one of my, uh, like my Floyd Mayweather Castillo things, you know what yes. I mean? Like, like yes. it's, you know, it's like a Mayweather Castillo. I got the decision with like a couple of people in the stands, yo, he ain't get him and all that, you know? So they, they, they feel like I got some Canelo Floyd love on that. But, um, you know, it's all good. You know, I won. So that's how I feel about it. W, <laughs> you know, I got the dub, you know what I'm saying? But now nah, I got love for cannabis for the record though. You know, on Rock the Bells, I, I play all my competitors too. I play Cannabis, I play Moe D, I play, you know, Hammer, I play Ice-T. I got love, me and Ice been squashed that, but I got, yeah. I got love for all of them. I play all their music. So even the ones out there that think, yo, LL lost, they can still go to Rock the Bells and hear Cannabis. You know what That's I'm saying? Right. still play homies music. So just yeah. so, you, know, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, <laughs> this one from Twitter, uh, Xander asks, uh, if you and Jamie Foxx were to fight again, who would win the rematch? <laughs> <laughs> well, is he going to be a Tyson character or not? Like, which character? Is he going to be Jamie or is he going to be Jamie playing Tyson? I, I, you know, I, <laughs> oh, man. No, no, you, no rematch. I had a no rematch clause, man. We got, <laughs> Yeah, we had a no rematch clause. B. No rematch. No rematch. I, I don't give rematches. Yeah. Yeah, I don't give rematches. Another one from Twitter. This one comes from Ralph. He says, if you could pick any two fighters, regardless of weight class, to fight, who would they be? Oh, man. Good God. I mean, man. That's a tough one. Yo, but I got to tell you, man, I, I would love to see, like, Roy Jones at 28 and Floyd at 28. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Yo, come on, yeah. B. Like, yeah. like oh, that's, a, that's a good one right there. Yeah, I'm with you. Open up 28 years old. Yeah. Woo! I'm with you. I'm good with God. you. Yeah. No, man, that would be a hell of a fight, B. Absolutely. Absolutely. That would be a hell of a fight. Absolutely. Yeah, I did. That's uh, LL Cool J, we've come to the last segment of this show. We call it The Last Stand. I'm going to ask you a series of questions, LL. Okay. I want the first thing that comes to your mind. All right, cool. Greatest rapper LL. to come from Queens, Nas, <laughs> 50 Cent, LL Cool J. LL Cool J. Your favorite LL Cool J song? Doing it. Ooh, which LL song had more influence on the culture? Rock the Bells, Going Back to Cali, I Need Love, or Mama Said Knock You Out? Hmm. 
I would probably have to say I need love because it it it, it paved the way for a different style. I would say Rock the Bells was ex- right there though in terms of impact and Mama said knock you out, but probably I need love. Yep, I, I, I agree. Love. I agree with you there. Um, you're the first hip hop artist to be honored at the Kennedy Center Honors, mm-hmm. but yet you've been nominated for the Rockway Rock and Roll Hall of Fame four times and have yet to be inducted. <laughs> How much does that bother you? Not much. Hmm. To no. me, that's crazy. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is, though, man. Like, you look, you got two schools in the, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? You got two schools. Those people who nominate me and who do vote for me and those who don't. So to the ones that vote for me, thank you. And to the ones who don't, I'm already famous. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I'm already, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm already, fa- I'm famous, B. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're right. I do. I mean, yeah. I, I don't understand it, but, but they have the right to choose. Like, I can't yeah. mad at them. Like, you know what I'm saying? And maybe they felt like, you know, maybe if my music was more was like socially, like about social awareness, it'd probably be easier for them, you know, because for some people, you know, they don't really understand around the way girl. You know, they, that doesn't have the meaning, you know, to them. They want it all to be a legal search. Maybe they don't understand I need love's impact on the culture. Or, right. Or, 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 you know, jingling baby, what those songs mean to people. Um, or the Ashaches and to the break of dawns. They, maybe they don't understand all of that. Whereas they can understand some of the PE and the NWA stuff. So it's probably a lack of understanding. They just don't understand, you know, what I mean to hip hop. But the... But it's a rock and roll thing, so okay, it's you know, you know, you yeah. got people out there that, I mean, it's rock, so whatever, you know. Yeah. Cool. God bless you. Uh, wish do you do you think more people know you uh, now know you more as a rapper, an actor, or a TV host? I think it depends on who you're asking. I would say more people know me, you know, in the mainstream world as an actor and a and a uh, TV host in the mainstream world for sure. Um, I would say, but my day one fans are, you know, music. You know what I'm saying? And my most loyal, my most loyal fans are from my music. You yes. know what I'm saying? So yep. it's a little different. I am more famous because of the other, a lot of those other things, but my most loyal base is music, is music. You know what I'm saying? That's my my hardcore base. They, they, they've been rocking with me since day one. So, you know, that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, just to go back to that other question about greatness, you know, the reality is, man, like, you got to let other people say who's great. Like, right? Like, I, I named my album GOAT Greatest of All Time because that's what we're supposed to do as artists. And I would hope that any artist you name would, add, would call themselves the greatest, right? Um, but that's why I came up with that acronym. I took Will, Earl the GOAT, Man of GOAT, the street baller, who they called the GOAT, right? And I took Muhammad Ali, Greatest of All Times, right? And then I smashed them together and made GOAT. Greatest of all times. And I put that album out in 2000. And now it's just what I'm happy about. That's probably one of the most impactful things I've done with the culture because that has changed the entire lexicon of the world, right? Like people want to be the GOAT. You know what I'm saying? Everybody wants to be the GOAT. And that came from my, my soul and my spirit and, you know, imagination. So I'm just glad I've been able to impact the culture. You know what I'm saying? You know, but every artist has the right to say they're great, to be the greatest. Like, so I don't, <clears throat> what I don't want to do is ever come off like I'm demeaning, like, 
brothers who Queens are, because I love them all. Like, I got yeah. massive respect for Nas, Fifth. Like, those are my dudes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, all love. Absolutely. You got to believe in you. You know what I'm yep. saying? You got to yep. believe in your game. I, all, the, all the great ones do. You're right. Yeah. Um, you talked about this. You've had some ep epic rap beefs. Yeah. You had the Kumo D. Yeah. You had Cannabis. Yeah. You had Jay. You yeah. had Ice-T. Not really Jay. I never really, only thing me and Jay ever did was, you know, one day I was coming out of a club and, you know, he came up to me and was rapping and rhyming. And then his man came up to me and was rapping and rhyming. And when I, when I finished with his man, I had ran out of rhymes and then Jay came up rapping and rhyming. And then everybody's going, ooh, but I was out of shit to say. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I'm done, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, you know, so it's like, ah. So I never really had nothing with Jay. But, okay, which, which one was more personal? Oh, man. Nah, none of them. None of them? Okay. Nah, none of them. Okay. I, it was always about emceeing and come, like, in the spirit of emceeing. I have never, I've never, you know, you know, felt like, like, personal in any way, like, 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 some kind of vindictive. I've never felt like a mean-spirited type of thing. You know, yeah. you want to get guys, you want to talk. Right talk crazy and bad, you know, rhyme and all that. But I never, in my spirit, like, like, I never felt like nothing personal. Like I never had problems with any of them in person. I've seen them over the years, even in the midst at the height of our rivalries, et cetera, every artist you name, like there's never been like an issue like that. Like it's not personal because we just having fun. At the end of the day, I want these, these, these brothers to have long lives, great careers, to be super successful, they have wonderful families. I love when I see them, them, you know, with their families and they're living their lives. Like, I'm happy for these brothers, you know. So that is just no different from us playing <clears throat> in the NBA or playing in the NFL and just playing against each other. So we may go back and forth and get nose to nose on the court or nose to nose on the field. But other than that, it's never personal. Definitely not. Last but not least, does LL still freestyle? Do you still just drop bars off the top of your head? Well, I don't, you know, you know, see people, that's so funny, right? Freestyling, when I used to freestyle, freestyling is written rhymes, it's actually written rhymes. Okay. And, and, and then what you're talking about is going off the top of the dome, you know what I'm saying? You know, you know what I mean? And I understand, I know what you're getting at, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> I mean, not really, you know what I'm saying? But I do, I have the capability, but it's not, but freestyling and, and, and written's are two different things. I used to do more written's, you know what I'm saying? I had more written's ready. You know what I'm saying? Off the dome, yeah, I could do off the dome all day. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I was gonna say, I, I would love for LL to give me just a quick little something and mention the Last Stand podcast. Just something <laughs> <laughs> off the top of the dome. All right, and mention the Last Stand podcast. All right, <laughs> that's 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 what I would love to see. All right, let me see. Um, how many lines though? Don't even matter. I don't care if you give me one, two, three. Right. That's it. Come watch the God Blast on Last Stand Podcast. Look at you. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I like it. You know what I'm saying? I like it. Come watch the God Blast on Last Stand Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'm about to clip that one off. That's that's a take right there. I love it. Uh, he hey, look, he's one of the goats. LL Cool J, one of the baddest 
to ever do it. My brother, man, we, I appreciate this. Appreciate you, Brian. Love you, man. One love. Abs absolutely. That's, that's what we do on The Last Stand. We bring you some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment and none bigger than LL Cool J. Folks, thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.